Hey everybody, this is Common Sense Christianity again. Uh, welcome, it's uh, Friday, July 30th, and um, I'm doing another informal podcast like I normally do. Um, and again, I don't really like going over scripture that much with Trinitarians because it's something that they bend and twist. You know, John 10.30, they bend and twist. You know, Psalm 110.1, they bend and twist. Um, John 17, 3, they bend and twist. They bend and twist Titus 2, 13. You know, 2 Peter 1, 1. Verses like that, they bend and twist. You know, for instance, I and the Father are one. Well, the Bible also says we are one, you know, with the Father and we are in them. It means to be of the same purpose. And if you look at John 10, 30, Jesus is talking about being one with the Father in purpose, right? The Greek word is hen. And if you look at the Bible in other translations, you can pull up where it says, he who plants and he who waters are one, right? And that's in the KJV, I believe. But if you look at other translations, it says one purpose. You know, so the same verse, depending on the translators, shift between one purpose. He who plants and he who waters have one purpose. You know, he who plants and he who waters are one in purpose. He who plants and he who waters are one. So we understand what that means. So when you look at when you look at that verse in um, in the Greek, you can see it where they put brackets around the one when they talk about others. One purpose. Well, they could have done the same thing with Jesus. I and the Father are one in purpose. They're, you know, and the whole point of John 10.30 was they were one in protecting the flock. They were united. Nobody can take them out of my Father's hand, and nobody can take them out of my hand. I and my Father are one. He didn't mean I and my Father are one God. I mean, that's silly. And not only that, but he doesn't include the Holy Spirit. Well, that would kind of be weird if he didn't say, I and the Father and the Holy Spirit are one. That would be a little different, right? That would kind of make me scratch my head a little bit and go, well, maybe he's alluding to a trinity or something. But they don't. And if you look at 1 John 5, 7, where it says, you know, the Holy Spirit, his word, and you know, the Father, his word, and his Holy Spirit are one. I'm paraphrasing. That's a Catholic Church forgery, and that's why it's removed from later versions of the Bible, like the RSV, the NIV. Most translations don't have that in there. The KJV, you know, it didn't exist before the 14th century, that statement, the comma. It wasn't, it wasn't around before the 14th century. So under pressure of the Catholic Church, um, it was inserted, you know, and so it, it made its way in there. But it, it didn't exist in any Greek manuscripts before the 14th century. So. As a Trinitarian, you have to ask yourself, why are all the verses not what Trinitarians claim? And why are certain verses that might have something to do with the Trinity fabrications? You know, who is putting these fabrications in if the Bible is true and the Trinity is true? Why are we having to fabricate verses to support something? And 1 John 5-7 wouldn't support it anyway because, you know, God the Father, His Word, and His Spirit are one because they're the same. They're the one person, just like me, my Spirit, and my Word are one it's not another person, right? You look at Psalm 110.1, like I was saying, it says, the Lord said to my Lord. And a Trinitarian will say, well, see, there's two Lords, you know. Well, no. I mean, if you look at the, if you look at the Hebrew, get out a Bible Hub or any lexicon, it says, Yahweh said to my El Adonai. You know, it's, it's a common term given to a servant, a master, a ruler. Um, it doesn't say... Lord, you know, and Lord is a common term also, Kyrios in Greek. Homeowners were called Kyrios, um, vineyard owners were called Kyrios. So yeah, Jesus was Lord, but the Bible says Jesus was made both Lord and Christ by God. 
So he was given this title, a master, a ruler. So when the Bible says we have but one God, the Father, and we have one Lord, Jesus Christ, a Trinitarian will say, well, see, it says we have one God, the Father, but it also says we have one Lord. Does that make the Father not Lord? I mean, this is the logic they use because they don't understand the terminology in the words. You know, it doesn't say we have but one Lord. It says we have but one Kyrios, one master. And they'll say, well, does that make a father our, not, not our master? No, that's not. You gotta use common sense. Um, you could be working for a company and you could have one boss, right? Your boss is your direct superior, but above his boss is a boss, which could ultimately fire you. And he's really your boss, but he's not somebody you answer directly to, so he's not your boss. So you could say, I have one boss. You know, one person you answer to directly, but but it's also he has a boss. Just like the Bible says, you know, Jesus is above us and God is above him. You know, God, God, you know, Christ is is God's anointed. So when the Bible says we have but one Lord, it doesn't mean that the Father isn't Lord. It doesn't say Lord. You know, it says Master. So God appointed Jesus to be our master. That's what it means. We directly answer to Jesus, but above Jesus is God. You know, we know this in the back of our mind that yes, we're we're answering to Jesus because God made Jesus Lord and Messiah. But you know, we answer directly to Jesus, but we know in the back of our mind that God. It's because God granted him authority. We don't just say, oh, well, I'm gonna I'm gonna push God away and, and follow Jesus only. We know that, but that's what Trinitarians usually do because now now Jesus is the creator of the universe and the Holy Spirit is the third person. And the Father really does nothing now. I mean, really, you, hear, you hardly ever hear. It's like they take offense to it when we say the Father is the only true God or whatever. Everything's about Jesus. You'll hear people on here, Jesus is my everything. Oh, Jesus, praise Jesus. That's great, but it's blasphemy. I mean, you know, it, it, it gets to the point where people get sick of hearing the word Jesus because that's not what Jesus taught. Jesus said, if I glorify myself, my glory is nothing. You know, he wasn't out to make himself God. And when people make him God, that, that's heartbreaking to God and Jesus. You know, Jesus said, I come down not to do my will, but the will of the Father. And Jesus said, it's not my doctrine. It's not my words to speak. It's not even my will. You know, only my Father knows the final hour. And only my Father is the true God, John 17, 3. So what do Trinitarians do? like men do no Jesus that's not true you're part of the only true God I love you so much you have to be God Jesus I love you you know you have to be God and if I don't believe you're God then I'm really doing you a disservice well no what Trinitarians are doing is they're doing a disservice to Jesus by not listening Jesus prayed that we would know the Father as the only true God they disservice Jesus and they also disservice the only true God the Father now God is split up to three persons Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Jesus is the creator of the universe all of a sudden. Bam! Right out of nowhere. And the Holy Spirit dwells inside believers and guides them. And the Father is basically nobody. He's the source. He's basically something that sits in the back of the shadows and some type of source that the Holy Spirit and Jesus draw off of. And that's completely satanic. It's not biblical. You know, no, nobody in the entire Bible go through it, Trinitarians. Jesus, God, the Apostles, Nobody ever mentions that God is a three-person being. God said thousands of times in the Bible, there's no God but me. I alone am God. I created everything by myself. I was alone. There was nobody but me. And he used, he used personal pronouns thousands of times in the Bible. I, me, myself, 
alone. You know, he could have easily said, I am a three-person God. That's it. I mean, how hard would that have been? How hard would it have been for the apostles to say, God is a three-person being. God consists of three persons. Do you see how easy this is for me to to say this in on this um, podcast? I mean, it's so easy. I could say God consists of three persons who are co-equal and co-eternal right there in five seconds. But nobody ever, ever in the entire Bible ever attempts to do such a thing. And, and all of these analogies that Trinitarians come up with, God is like water, steam, and vapor or whatever. I mean, liquid, I don't even know. I don't care. I mean, a, a three-leaf clover, he's like, you know, this and that. They come up with all these silly analogies, but no... Like I was saying earlier in the podcast, nobody in the entire Bible came up with an analogy. They could have done it. You know, three bundles of hay, three, you know, three things of loaves of bread. I mean, you know, God is like, God is, is one loaf of bread that consists of three loaves of bread in an oven and they all become one or some type of analogy that we could get us thinking. And God, God would have explained to the Jewish world and us, you know, because in the Old Testament, Nobody ever speaks of a three-person God. The Jewish people don't understand this. So if this was a new revelation, God would say he would come down or he would send Jesus, who he said, I would raise up a prophet and I will put my words in his mouth and I will command him what to speak. Jesus could have easily spoken the words of God and God could have said, hey, you guys, uh, yeah, from the very beginning, you guys have gotten me wrong. You know, I gave you, I gave you laws shellfish and not to eat that and, and circumcision and all kinds of things but I really never corrected you um, from the very beginning you worshiped me wrong you you worship a single person but really I want you to give glory I want you to worship God the Father God the Son and God the Holy Spirit because that's the Trinity God that's the triune God that's who we are so you guys need to update your Shema that you practice every day Hero Israel our God is one yes I am one but I'm actually three persons in one so I just want to make that clear to you guys. So continue doing the Shema, but remember in the back of your mind that God is one, but this God is three persons. And this is something Trinitarians do all the time. They say this, but they don't practice the Shema. They, they, they reject the very foundation, the, the, the creed, the creed that established everything. They don't even recite that. Now everything is based upon the Nicene Creed that was developed in the third, you know, fourth century where it says, true God from true God, you know, I, I affirm the Apostles' Creed. What kind of nonsense is that? That's not biblical. You know, Jesus never taught it. So that's one of the reasons why the church today and, and Christians in general are really confused. We got all these different thousands of different denominations that teach different things. You got Jehovah Witness that don't understand Colossians or, or any of the texts that make Jesus now the angel of the Lord when he was really God's wisdom as a female. He apparently went through some type of metamorphosis or some sex change or whatever. It, it turns the Bible into a freak show. And then you have Jews that, that don't want to become Trinitarian because they know it's blasphemous. They know it's wrong. It doesn't make any logical sense. And Muslims too. And yeah, a few handful of Jews and Muslims will become Christian because God's trying to direct them into the truth to get them out of... I mean, the believing in the Trinity is certainly better than believing in Islam or, or just regular Judaism. You know, at least they believe in Jesus now. So... You know, they'll get that direction and later on hopefully they'll have a right relation from God if they continue seeking truth that the Trinity is alive but at least God gets them out of that and, and it's better than nothing but that doesn't make it true I mean that doesn't make it good just because a Jewish person becomes a Trinitarian you know or whatever that that's still a deception right 
So at least they can get out of, they can start realizing that Jesus is, you know, who he was claiming to be, but then they still believe he's God. So that, you know, very few, a fraction, you know, and, and most of the time they leave because they're, they want out of Islam. They know Islam is false and, and they're going to jump to something different. You know, it doesn't make, uh, you know, Christians jump to Islam because a lot of times because of the Trinity. They know it's a lie. So what they do is they go, well, the Trinity doesn't make any sense to me whatsoever. It's contradicting the scripture. Islam makes more sense because God is one and they understand that. But the rest of Islam doesn't make any sense. But hey, you know, at least it's not the Trinity. And so they kind of ditch, ditch Christianity because of the Trinity. You know, but if they understood that not everybody believes that God is three persons and there are, you know, the reason why Unitarianism is so small is because they, it was illegal to believe anything else. If you were not a Trinitarian or you didn't believe Jesus was God, they would stamp out your life. They would murder you. They would persecute you. They would make your life unbearable. So of course people went along with it. I mean, if you're told you're not a Christian and you can't go to church and you get kicked out, you're going to start doing whatever they, you know, whatever they want to do. And that's kind of today. If you tell a pastor or somebody in the congregation that you're not a Trinitarian and you don't believe Jesus is God, watch what they do. Watch the hate. Watch the anger. Watch how they shun you. They won't say, hey, can you present your case? Why do you think that is? Most of the time, maybe a few will that are truth seekers, but a lot of times they'll do this just to basically prove you wrong. You know, They're not really interested in truth. They have their, they have their mind made up. They have their doctrine made up. They have their traditions. And they're not going to dump their traditions. This is, you know, church groups. They have choir, you know, on Sunday they have get-togethers. To dump this and say Jesus is not God, to be abandoning all their friends. And so they take, they relish a lot in popularity. You know, they have this, this, they, they, maybe their lives were in turmoil or whatever. They found, they found fellowship and companionship and friendship in the church. And to believe that Jesus is not God or the Trinity would be abandoning all of this, right? It would be just basically pushing everything away and starting over from scratch. And a lot of people don't have that strength. They lean on these people. So they're, they're leaning on a lie, but at least they have friends, right? It's kind of like a gang. You know, you can, you, can, you can follow a gang. It's not a good thing, but at least it gives you uh, friendship, companionship, something that, that you feel is, you know, you have, you have a belonging. So, you know, I was in a discussion the other day online and I asked a Trinitarian, can you provide me with clear scripture where it says God is a three-person being? And he gives me Matthew 28, 19, you know, and we can go through that verse. We can go through Matthew 28, 19 and see if it actually talks about a Trinity God. You know, we have to use common sense. This is what, this is what the, um, this is what the channel is about, right? We look at things biblically, but we also look at things with common sense, you know, just because we find a riddle in the book of Matthew and it has three of anything in there. Does that mean that God is a three-person being, right? So I'll read this verse. And remember, this is right before Jesus leaves earth, okay? So this would have meant that Jesus was completely silent on the fact that God was three persons. But all of a sudden in a riddle, right before he leaves earth, he's going to tell us this. Go ye therefore and teach all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Ghost, teaching them to observe all things Whatever I have commanded you, and lo, and I am with you always, even to the end of the world. Amen. So that's their trinity. That means God is three persons. Do you see three persons of God in there? No. I could say something like this. You know, 
I want you to remember in the name of me, in the name of my girlfriend, and in the name of our love. In the name of our love. Is our love a person? Or is it something that unites us? It's the same way with John, with Matthew 28, 19. The Holy Spirit unites us in the name of the Father, in the name of the Son, and in the name of the Holy Spirit. You know, it's in the, it's in something that unites them. It's not a person. You know, so they will use they'll use proof texts like this and little riddles to, to, to basically imagine what they want. Nobody ever in their right mind would ever think see three persons of God in here who are co-equal and co-eternal unless they were taught it beforehand and looked for it. So we had a conversation. This guy who was very arrogant, his name is Jesus is the Passover lamb or whatever. One of the most arrogant guys I've ever heard. Um, just smug. Oh, you, he talks like this. You know, he talked like he was had a pipe in his mouth, like he was, you, you turn on the television and he's in a robe and he's down there. Oh, greetings, fellow companions. I mean, this is, this is, it was kind of, it was, it was like a joke. It was like a comedy show. You know, oh, no, no, uh, God is not like that. You know, I mean, a lot of these people come online to hear themselves talk. You know, they come on here to prove themselves right and to try and prove their intelligence. Look at how I can decipher this, 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 uh, this Bible verse. Look at how I know better than you. Look at how I can read this better than you. I have a better understanding than you. You know, I'm not claiming, I know the Bible well, but I'm not, I'm not somebody that's going to claim to be, you know, a, a theologian. You know, I'm not, I read the Bible for what it says and God did not create the Bible for people to have all of these degrees and all of these certificates to, um, to interpret it. I mean, it's written for fishermen. It's written for basic layman people that can pick up the Bible and they say, they see God is one person and Jesus is his Messiah. That's it. That's the end. We don't need all of these riddles. You know, can you see three persons in here? You know, he's riding on the clouds and, and God rode on the clouds. So therefore Jesus must be God. You know, it, it's just insanity. And so I understand why the author of the video series decided not to really engage with Trinitarians anymore because they don't have anything, you know, they don't have anything. You're not on teaching a Trinitarian audience and you're not guiding them, teaching them, hey, okay, well, these verses are not what you say they are. Let's pick them apart. They're here, they're, they're, they're going to prove, oh, no, the guy was saying, oh, no, Matthew 28, 19, absolutely. That is three persons in there. I just gave you concrete evidence that God is a trinity. You see all three persons in there. Or, you know, where Jesus is being baptized and, and the Father is up in heaven and the Holy Spirit comes down in the form of a dove and Jesus is speaking. So we have God the Father speaking. We have the Holy Spirit coming down in the form of a dove and then we have Jesus. And there's your three-person God. I mean, this is the insanity. It made me laugh. No, God is up in heaven as his name, God the Father, and he can direct his spirit wherever he wants it to go. He can take a piece here. He can take a piece and send it to me. He can take a piece and pour it upon the church. He can revoke it. He can do anything he wants. It's not a person. I mean, this is the insanity. So I, I asked him, I said, can you provide me with a clear instance? I just did. That is unequivocal proof of a trinity. You know, it's not. And, and so the guy that came up with the... the series that you know that he was hosting his name is Taylor I totally understand his frustration I understand why he would not want to engage with these people again because you're not they're not proving anything all they're trying to do is show how God can be three persons in riddles I mean there's no evidence did Jesus ever speak of a Trinity God or a three-person God never do the Apostles ever speak of a Trinity God or a three-person God never 
Does God ever say he's a three-person God? Never. He warned us about things like this. And so what happened was, is the Bible says, you know, in, in the book of Acts, we were warned that false teachers would come from within the flock. You know, so it doesn't matter. They can say, well, these are the teachings of the apostles from the very beginning. And this is, this is a long-time belief that they believe Jesus is God, the Trinity. That's not true. The, the, the Bible warns us about this. And not only that, but, you know, a lot of these things were, were, were um, found to be frauds. You know, we have uh, Trilitarian, uh, who, uh, who um, basically, he, he, he's the one who came up with the Trinity doctrine. And, you know, the, the, the name, you know, kind of references that they're all one. But, you know, he, he later became an apostate, rejected the Trinity, really, and formed his own little cult out of Africa. But anyway, so Acts 20, 29 says, I know that after I leave, savage wolves will come in from among you and will not spare the flock. Okay? From among you. That means in their own teaching, there were people that were savage wolves and false teachers. And they, don't, they didn't spare the flock. They went after them. You know, they targeted them. They, they, they you know, taught a false teaching. So it doesn't matter if certain people within this group were trying to, you know, believe Jesus was God or whatever. Who cares? We were warned about this. You know, it says, even from your own numbers, this is Acts 2, 20, 30, even from your own number, men will arise and distort the truth in order to draw away disciples after them, right? So they're teaching something that's not biblical. So be on your guard. Remember that for three, day, for three years, I never stopped warning each of you night and day with tears okay so we're being told this we're being told that false teachers from within the flock will lead people astray so it doesn't matter if certain people from within believe Jesus was God or whatever that's a perversion we were told about this and if you read Galatians 1 8 Paul is Paul is telling us that that um, that as people were as he was writing his epistles, as he was writing his epistles, that that false teachers were already teaching a different gospel, a different Christ, right? So what is the what is the gospel? The gospel is that Jesus is the Messiah and God is his father. There is no Trinity. There's no Trinity being spoken of, right? So if we look at something like um, let's we can go ahead and pull it out. Let me look at the uh, NIV or, or something. Um, I can RSV on uh, this. So it says right here in Galatians 1.8, it says, uh, I am astonished that you are so quickly deserting him who called you into the grace of Christ and turning to a different gospel. But there are some who trouble you and want to pervert the gospel of Christ. Okay, There is no Christ gospel that teaches a trinity God. There is no Christ gospel that teaches a trinity. There is no Christ gospel that teaches Jesus is God. So we look at these warnings from Paul. Did Paul ever write about a trinity? No. He said, we have one God the Father and we have one Lord Jesus Christ. Again, Galatians 1.6. I am astonished that you are so quickly deserting him who called you into the grace of Christ and turning to a different gospel. Not that there is another gospel, but there are some who trouble you want to pervert the gospel of Christ okay so but even we 
or an angel from heaven should preach to you a gospel contrary to that which we preach to you, let him be accursed. Okay? So go ahead and read the gospel and find out in the gospel where anybody runs around preaching Jesus is God or God is a three-person God. That's the gospel. Are we to be told and preach that God, Jesus is God throughout the lands? Never. There's not an instance that says, you know, you will go forth to all nations and you will preach that Jesus is God and God is a three-person God. I mean, this is the perversion of the satanic trinity. And, you know, God is testing us. Are we going to follow the traditions of men and the churches who literally adopted paganism like December 25th, which is Christmas? That's a, that's a pagan holiday that celebrated winter solstice. You know, Jesus wasn't born in December. They decorate trees with Christmas lights and balls and basically pervert the day of, you know, the, the birthday of Jesus. Now everything is about presents. It's about gifts. It's about what can I get? Big screen televisions, uh, you know, playing music about Santa. Who is Santa? Who is this magic mystery guy that delivers toys to children in a, you know, a fat guy in a red hat with white trim and flies around on reindeer? Okay, this is, I mean, I know, I know Christians, and me too, I love Christmas. I, you know, I love the magic about it. But again, magic, okay? Magic. You know, it's, it's, it's a feeling, it's a spiritual feeling. Where do you think that spirit comes from, right? It makes you feel good. A lot of things make you feel good. Look at, look at drugs and alcohol and, and promiscuous sex. A lot of these things make you feel good, but they, they deviate from the truth. They separate you from the truth, and they blind you. They keep you... They keep you focused on something else. Instead of instead of raising children on December 25th to honor Jesus, as, as they should. I mean, a lot of Christians do, I'm sure. But the majority of America, at least, they focus on Santa presents. You know, this, they have this tree, all these presents decorated underneath the tree. And that's what they're focused on. They're not thinking of Jesus on this day. They're focusing on, focusing on wrapping gifts, spending as much money as they can to commercialize things. You know, in society, society's turned Christmas into this commercialized event. You know, nothing really about Jesus. It's, you know, they'll have nativity scenes and all this stuff, but it's all just a farce. You know, it's, it's a farce. And it's sad because, I, like I said, I love Christmas. I love, I love it. But because it's, it's in my upbringing. You know, most kids, they have really good memories of Christmas. But that doesn't make it true, right? That doesn't make it true. A lot of things leave good memories in the beginning and they turn out to be bad. You know, you could meet somebody and think they're great, you know, and wow, but then they're really, they lead you into a different direction and they're bad, you know, they're bad. So, um, my point is traditions don't matter, you know. Um, what does the Bible teach? Does the Bible teach a trinity? Never. Does the Bible teach Jesus is God? Never. I mean, Jesus is God in the same way Moses was made Elohim. You know, Exodus 7, 1, I believe. I have made you a god to Pharaoh. And there's no lowercase letters in the Hebrew. Trinitarians are deceptive by making Jesus an uppercase God and Moses a lowercase God. In Psalm 82, I believe, God says, I judge, stand in judgment upon the gods, right? There's gods in heaven. And they're not God Almighty. These are gods because they're judges. They're given authority by God. They're considered gods. But a Trinitarian will make it lowercase in the book of Psalms. And that's a, that's a total translation bias. It doesn't, Hebrew didn't have any lowercase letters. So if you read it in Hebrew, it's all uppercase. I stand in judgment upon the gods, the Elohim, right? Jesus is called a God. And then, but guess what? Jesus clarifies everything. Father, 
I pray that they know you, the only true God, and Jesus the Messiah who you have sent. True God. Jesus is telling us that yes, he's, he's aware that other people are called gods. He's called a God, Moses is called a God, judges are called gods, but to us we have but one true God, the Father, right? Trinitarians don't get this because the Bible was translated into Greek from a Hebrew understanding and they don't understand that God does not always mean God Almighty. And to a Greek person in the Greek philosophy language, they believed in gods and little gods and all kinds of stuff, so they perverted the gospel and now we have Greek paganism. We have Greek paganism in the church. They worship a three-person God, a triune God. That's not biblical, right? Nobody ever spoke of this triune God, ever. So, you know, people need to, to go by what Jesus said. You know, did Jesus, if they claim to be a follower of Jesus, did Jesus, did Jesus ever teach a trinity? Never. Does God ever mention that he's a trinity God? Never. Did the apostles ever teach it? Never. Well, then how are you going to follow it? How can you be a Trinitarian? or Who told you to look for a Trinity? Who told you that the Trinity is true? Where, why are you looking for a three-person God? Who told you this? It's because it's tradition. Nobody would pick up the Bible in the beginning, read it, and go, Wow, God is a three-person being who is co-equal and co-eternal. Even when Trinitarians are told this, that it's true, they're looking for Scripture and they can't find, they're confused. They're confused, they're lost, they go, I don't understand, this is a mystery. They can't understand it. Even when they are told that there's a trinity, even when they are told it's true to go find it. I mean, that is bad. That's bad stuff. That shows that there's no way they could possibly believe in a trinity if they were not told there was a trinity. I mean, who who in their right mind would know that when God says he's a, he's a you know, I alone created everything, there was nobody with me. He's, oh, there you go, God. You're, you're just playing around, really. You're, you're not telling us the whole picture now. I see what you're doing, God. You know, you really are a three-person God, but this is the Trinity God speaking right now. This is all three persons speaking in unison. What kind of spiritual sickness does a person have to have to go that route? What does, what does a person have to have to be so blinded by a false doctrine that they use riddles like in Matthew 28, 19? Or I and the Father are one, and say that means he's one God. I mean, this either shows deception where they're blinded, they're spiritually blinded, and I believe that's the case. God, you know, there, there's there's a spiritual blindness that's been put over their eyes so they can't see because they're not seeking truth. They, they're pushing a theology. They've decided, I'm going to follow man instead of Jesus. I'm going to follow man's laws, his traditions, his creeds, and Jesus, I'm not really going to even listen to him. So God blinds them. God allows them to be deceived. And that's why a lot of Christians today are totally upside down. They don't even read the Bible. They're off, you know, having sex with their neighbor's wife, partying, drinking alcohol, doing drugs, whatever. It's a joke. Christianity is a joke. And God honors those who, you know, seek him out, that, that don't go with the tide, that don't go with popularity, that decide, hey, I don't care about what, what the church tells me or I don't care if I'm shunned by my friends or by my neighbors or my family. I'm going to stick to what scripture says. And Jesus says, I come like a sword. You know, um, he'll, he'll divide us with his word. So the word will divide families. The word will have people in the families that are Christian and people who, uh, that are Trinitarian Christians and people who are not. And it will divide the word. The truth will divide people. That's the truth. Some people have their own belief system that they won't change. It doesn't matter if you tell them about what the truth is. You know, they're they're so they're so locked into to proof texts and everything to verify and back up what they believe that 
no amount of truth is gonna it's gonna persuade them. It's it's a spiritual thing at that point. You know, you can't you can't ration you can't you know rationalize with somebody who who makes excuses when God says, I alone am God, there's nobody but me. And then later goes, well, that's a three-person being. I mean, how are you going to fix that, really? You know, how are you going to fix that? I had a discussion, like I said earlier, with somebody who kept bringing up a lie. You know, Jesus is our only master. It doesn't say only. It says our, he's our, he's, you know, he's our one master. It doesn't say only one master. There's a huge difference. Only one means that's it. There's nobody else. It doesn't say only. And, and not only that, but Jesus was talking to the rabbi. You know, you, you will call nobody your rabbi. You have one teacher, and it's Jesus. He was talking to an audience. He wasn't talking to us, right? But we have but one God, the Father, and we have one master. But that doesn't mean, you know, God the Father isn't our master. We have one direct master, you know. People need to use common sense, and that's why I created this, this um, podcast, is because people are not using common sense. You know, did Mary ever believe Jesus was God? Did she believe she was carrying God? Breastfeeding God, changing God's diaper, him blowing spit bubbles and everything, and that's God Almighty, the creator of the universe, but he forgot to tell his mother. And this God-man took on a human nature. So basically, Trinitarians will say, he was fully God, he was fully God and fully man. You know, that's what the guy says. He was a God-man. And I, where does it say that? I just showed you. Matthew 28:19. That shows the clear evidence of the Trinity. I mean, you can't talk to people like this. They're very annoying. What I do is I end up blocking them because the Bible says, "Dust off your feet and move on." Because you're basically dealing with Satan at that point. You know, Satan is trying to deceive you, and he's inf he's infected these people, and that's why they use riddles. It says if they don't seek, if they don't come in, you know, to hear the truth, then dust off your feet and move on. He's not interested in truth. He's here to push a doctrine. And when I ask him where the evidences of, it, of the Trinity, Matthew 28, 19 is clear evidence of three persons. They're all individual and they're speaking. You know, and then one guy says, well, what have you learned from Unitarians? And he said, absolutely nothing. I mean, this is the arrogance, the pompous attitude of a Trinitarian. They are some of the most arrogant, ruthless, blind, and just downright mean people. You know, tell them that you don't believe in a Trinity in church and watch what they do. You're going to be looked at like you're a pariah, like you are like you are, have leprosy or something. You're going to be kicked out. They're going to be whispering, oh, look, at, they don't believe Jesus is God. They don't believe in the Trinity. How dare they? They're not Christian. How blasphemous. You know, they must be influenced by Satan. This is the same type of mentality that, that made Trinitarians burn and murder people and kill, you know, kill them and burn them alive for not believing in the Trinity. It's, it's a cult of deception. You, you either belong to the Trinitarian cult, and if you deviate from that, if you even challenge it, if you even challenge a Trinitarian by asking them to provide scripture or whatever, or if you go against Trinitarianism, watch out. Watch out. You know, they will backstab you. They will come after you. They can't kill you like they used to do because it's illegal, but they would have been right there burning you alive, you know, hundreds of years ago, and that's a guarantee because they act the same way. They're like a cult group, like a mob, like a gang. So it doesn't matter what the mob says. It doesn't matter what the gang says. It says, what does Jesus say? Was Jesus a Trinitarian? Was Moses a Trinitarian? The answer is unequivocally no. Jesus said, Moses spoke of him. Did Moses ever say, God the Father will be coming down in the flesh? It doesn't say this. You know, and like I was saying earlier, there's a huge difference um, to, uh, you know, when, when Jesus... Um, 
when Paul actually talks about God's coming down in the likeness of men. And I will read it again. This is Acts 14, 11 through 15. And when the crowd saw what Paul had done, they lifted up their voices saying, and I'm not gonna, I'm gonna bomb these, these pronunciations because I don't drive here and I don't, I don't, these words are just really difficult. Associan, the gods have come down to us in the likeness of men. And they're, they're just saying, wow, the gods have come down to us in the likeness of men. They believed in, you know, this, all kinds of different gods and stuff. And so and, uh, Barnabas, they called Zeus. And Paul, because he was the chief speaker, they called Hermes. So basically they're, they're equivocating Paul and his friend with these gods that have come down and take the likeness of men, which is basically what Jesus would have done, right? Jesus would have been a god that came down in the likeness of men. And how did Paul react? So it says, and the temple was in the front of the city. And so, and Paul heard of it. They tore their garments and rushed out among the multitude crying, men, why are you doing this? We are also men of like nature with you, which Jesus was, and bring, you know, so, and bring you good news that you should turn from these vain things, these vain things. He called the, the whole thing about God coming down in the likeness of men a vain thing that's not good that's a bad thing to a living god who made the heaven and the earth and the sea and all that is in them you know so we're told that this is a perversion now this would have been a perfect chance for paul to say well no that's not true that's bad but let me tell you that's actually that happened because jesus who you follow is god almighty and he came down and took the likeness of men so you guys kind of got that wrong, but in reality, Jesus came down in the likeness of men, so there is one person who actually did that. This would have been Paul's perfect chance, but he doesn't. He says that this is a perversion. He tore at his robe and said, this, you know, this is a vain thing. It's bad. Don't believe that. So, you know, for a Trinitarian to believe Jesus is God that came down from heaven, that took the form of a man that has a dual nature, it's, it's a satanic lie. It's not true. Man has always tried to make, and you look at their churches now, they worship Jesus. Everything's about Jesus. What about God the Father? You know, they're off in a completely different direction. They got Jesus hanging from the cross. That's their God who died. God died on the cross for them. I mean, this is the insanity. And they believe, oh, God had to die for my sins. This is the arrogance and the pride of people. Jesus was not good enough for them. God's Messiah, his human Messiah, apparently was not good enough of a sacrifice for a Trinitarian, so God had to die for their sins. I must demand that God die for my sins because I'm so great. God, the only way for God to cover the sins of the world is for God to die. Well, God can't die. The Bible says this. And the Bible says nobody can see the face of God and live, and no man has seen God or can ever see God. So. Using logic and common sense, we know right there that Jesus is not God because Jesus died. They saw the face of Jesus for 33 years. He never once said he was God. You know, Trinitarians will use riddles, John 8, 58, all these other things to squeeze him in. Oh no, Matthew 28, 19, that absolutely is the Trinity. You can't see that because you're spiritually blinded. No, nobody in their right mind would ever think of a Trinity in John in Matthew 28, 19. That's an, that's an embarrassment. You know, I see things like this and it just, it, I used to laugh about it, but now it makes me angry because it just shows how deceived people are. People don't care about truth. And I think that's why God tells us to dust off our feet and move on. If they don't want to hear the truth, don't engage with them because they're just going to beat you with stupidity. 
it's like a pigeon that's 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 on a chessboard and they're pushing all the pieces off, they're strutting their stuff, pooping on the board or whatever they're doing, and then claim victory. How are you gonna how are you gonna beat that? You know, I mean, basically, it's kind of like they say, you know, you can wrestle around with a pig, but eventually you're gonna find out the pig likes it. You know, we can do all this stuff, we can wrestle around with them. They're they're enjoying this. See, Trinitarianism is born out of confusion, it's born out of anger, and it's born out of out of division and argument. So a Trinitarian loves to have an argument. They'll love to challenge you and show how much they know about the Bible. You see Psalm 82 where it says this. Well, if you coincide with, you know, Corinthians 5.16 or whatever, you can see glimpses of Jesus as the angel of the Lord. No. No, words have meaning. Jesus is not the angel of the Lord. An angel of the Lord is an angel. You know, you can't ram Jesus in the Old Testament because you sit here stunned in silence that you can't find Jesus anywhere in the Old Testament. So now he's the angel of the Lord. I mean, this is this is the insanity of the Trinitarian doctrine. And most Trinitarians don't care and they won't investigate. They won't even listen. They'll just continue putting their heads in the sand and pretend that, hey, you're wrong, I'm right. And we have a massive following and you don't, so therefore I'm even more right. You know, enjoy your trip to hell, they will sell you. Well, it just that just shows you of you know the insanity. So there is one God, the Father, and we have one Lord Jesus Christ. The end, period. That's it. It's not complicated. Christianity makes a lot more sense and there's a lot more peace and harmony when we understand that Trinitarians will, will chase this three-person God forever, for all eternity, for their lives. Know, for their life on earth they're chasing this three-person God they'll always be chasing it it'll never end they'll always look for glimpses of Jesus in the Old Testament that might be the angel of the Lord and they're gonna have this new discovery do you see that that's Jesus there in the fire in the oven that's him I mean this is this is totally it's 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 a disaster it's a disaster you know the Bible said Jesus was conceived in his womb in his mother's womb this is the genesis of Jesus Christ. The apostles wrote, this is the genesis. Genesis means origin, the beginning. The, you know, the, the translators wrote, this is the birth. Well, that's not, that's not what the apostles wrote. You know? And I don't think when the, when the translators wrote birth that all of a sudden now this would be the birth of his human nature. I mean, you know, this is God coming down, taking on a human nature. So when he said, I don't know the final hour, he really did, but that was just his human nature. I mean, this is this is the perversion. That's why the Bible doesn't make any sense to a Trinitarian because it's a lie. You know, you can't you can't read the Bible for what it says. You know, I don't know the day and the hour; only my Father does. Well, uh, that's his human nature. Of course, he does because he's God. You know, uh, well, he said he didn't know that. You know, it's not his will; it's not his doctrine; it's not his words to speak. Of course, he would say that because that's his human nature. But he's God. Well, then you're then you're then Jesus is a snake because he's lying. He's telling us one thing out of one side of his mouth, but in really, you know, reality, it's another thing. So you would ask his human nature, Jesus, do you know the final hour? No, only my father knows that. Ask his divine nature, Jesus, do you know the final hour? Of course I do. I'm God. You know, you can look at Revelation 1.1. He doesn't know. That's why God needed to give Jesus this revelation. You know, even up in heaven, Jesus is ignorant of the day and the hour. That's not God. God knows it all. God does not need to be given a revelation. So... You know, I talk about these things, and sometimes I go over things, and I, and I, um, I've talked about them on other podcasts. But I kind of like, like to reiterate certain points. Right? Jesus was not a trinitarian. Moses was not a trinitarian. 
Nobody in the entire Bible were Trinitarians. This message was not taught in the gospel. It was not taught to people. It was not told to be taught to people. And it's a lie, you know. This is a false doctrine. And the only guilt people will really have is the guilt for not believing Jesus is God because they're told. Now they feel like they're not giving love and disciples, you know, this, they're not being disciples of Christ by, by rejecting him as God. You know, they feel like, wow, I'm, I'm really cutting Jesus down. No, you're not. You're defending who Jesus is. You're defending what Jesus prayed over. What you're doing by saying he's a God is defending the doctrine of men, the traditions. You're feeling guilty because you're not backing up through these traditions. And traditions are huge. You know, these biases play a large part into our lives on many things. But that's why you return to what the Scripture says. If you're going to be a biblical Christian, then stick to Scripture. Don't start chasing myths and mystery and lies. You know, the Bible says they will turn from the truth and they will chase mystery. You know, they, 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 these people will turn to false leaders. They basically will get their, they will get their um, ears rubbed, you know, their ears rubbed by these false teachers. And then uh, they will um, chase chase a lie, you know. So, you know, if you look at Second Timothy four, um, it says right here. This is actually the third Second Timothy third. For the time is coming when people will not endure sound teaching. Well, three person God in one is not sound teaching. You know, when you have God who's a three person God who says he's alone, there's nobody with him, but yet he's three persons. That's not a sound teaching. So. Time is coming when people will not endure sound teaching, but have itching ears. They will accumulate for themselves teachers to suit their own liking. So they go online, these people, and they look at YouTube, they look at all these things, and somebody tells them that there's a three-person God, they shake their head and go, oh, yeah, I get that, okay, I get that, yeah, yeah, yeah. They, they, they get these people to, to tell them what they want to hear. They're not, they're not seeking truth, right? They're, they don't care about truth. They're just basically having these teachers like James White and, and you know Dr. Brown basically are these theologians, and they're they're smart people. But we don't need degrees and doctorates to understand the Bible. These people are pushing their own complicated, perverted belief system into the Bible, and they show their intelligence. Look how smart I am! I can interpret this verse. This, the Bible doesn't need interpretation. It's written for somebody that you could drop them off, a low intelligent person that that you know you don't need a a degree in or a PhD you give them a Bible and they read it you don't they don't need to be convinced of all this nonsense this, you know, this Greek stuff all these paganism stuff it becomes complicated so you sit in front of the church or you sit in church and this pastor tells you what you want to hear and you nod your head oh yes yes it's not biblical so I'll have another discussion maybe today uh, I just want to touch bases on that and uh, yeah let me know what you think I don't know if there's any way to comment, but you'll get my point. Just use common sense when you read the Bible. Did Jesus teach a trinity? No. Did God ever speak of a three-person God or a trinity? No. Did the apostles? No. It's not biblical, my friends. So God bless and talk to you later.